0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. A very, very familiar chunk of scripture. Very popular choice for vacation Bible schools. One of the favorites of Bible history You get all the plagues and you get all the fun start to the kind of ritual stuff, you know, where God starts asking people to do things that are pretty interesting and you get to see the power of God and his love for his chosen people combination of all those things I'm sure is what makes these popular Old Testament selections for Bible history. But gosh, if you read through it as an adult, in studying for this message, I came away feeling quite different about this section of scripture. We've all seen the photographs. Maybe most recently. Of the horrors in Ukraine. Or World War II. Or World War I. You don't have to go far. To find. Photographs that looked something like i imagine egypt looked by the time the israelites celebrated the passover there was not a green thing left and things were probably still smoldering from the lightning bolts which had been flying And all the Egyptians were covered in boils and sores, seeping death. And all the animals of every kind and men along with them, their bloods mixing together in the fields. The smell of death everywhere. God's judgment would have been so tangible, not only to Egypt, but to Israel. And then the final one, the Passover. And God says, I'm going to kill every single one of their firstborn. And yours too, if the blood's not over your door. It's strikingly personal the way that god tells it as if the destruction and the death were going to come in at each and every door personally god wasn't just going to wave his hand he said so that the destruction does not come into your house and strike down. And the same thing for the blood over the doors. Incredibly personal. God says, I'm going to look, and if the blood is on your doorway, I will pass by. Each and every individual accounted for and judged according to the blood put up in faith or the unbelief. I'm sure they must have eaten that Passover lamb with an amount of trembling that is hard to fathom. And when they were woken in the night by those cries of all Egypt realizing that there was not a house without someone dead. You can imagine that cry. One time I came home late and I went to tell my parents that I was home And I startled one of the other members of my household and they thought I was a burglar. And the sound that came out of their mouth stopped my heart. A whole nation filled with that cry. And it doesn't end there. I try to put it in perspective for myself. I live in an apartment community. So I imagine walking into my very familiar parking lot. And lots of green space used to be there. And every single place, every single person in that place has a dog. And they're all, strewn about the lawn and then I hear that cry and I walk through the hallways without the blood over the door and I see mine with the blood and from inside every single one of those parents and then God says, now I want you to go down the hallway and knock on every single door and ask them for their most valuable possessions. At a time when I'm sure my heart would be breaking, and God says, I have made them favorably disposed towards you. Their children just died, and God gave them favor. And it says they, they plundered the Egyptians. With my, my heart broken and my head spinning and more televisions and iPhones than I can carry, I would be leaving my apartment. Totally baffled. And we won't cover it, unfortunately, in our time in this sermon series, but you all know what comes after. (laughs) not what you would expect. Another great deliverance, another great judgment, and then judgment comes to the house of God. Reading through the Passover again this time, gave me a much better picture of just what's going on at the cross. So often, I come to the cross desperate, in need of God's grace, and all I can see and cling to is that grace and the forgiveness that I need and I say, yes, the blood, the blood, please God. But I don't see the horror of the destruction and the wrath of God upon the sins of my unbelief. And as long as I continue. It's the only one side of God. I will disappoint myself. And I will disappoint God. The apostles talked about this work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Rejoice. Shaking in the knees. Because if you don't see what you've been saved from, how can you really, really get it? And the precious blood of Christ and the suffering of that innocent lamb and the wrath of God that poured it out. As I stand before the cross, I imagine I feel something like the Israelites did as they left Egypt. Full of joy in God's faithfulness. Excited. Because of deliverance, no more slavery, and not knowing what lies ahead, and not knowing why this grace has come to me, and not to those weeping mothers, and the instruction. God says explicitly, several times in this section, you are to do these things so that you remember. When your children ask you, you will tell them. So that, that is not them. So that when the firstborn comes, you will not be destroyed. Remember all of those dead children, all of that destruction, all those animals that I made and loved and destroyed because I want the whole world to be saved. So learn it. Remember it. Do it. Every single year generation for generation commemorate because I don't want to do it again. And now in the last times, that firstborn of God is not a nation but it's christ and we live in a world that is playing the pharaoh and destruction is imminent in our world and in our lives as well and god says don't reject my firstborn Do not turn a deaf ear to my voice. Look to my son whom I have chosen and believe. Destruction is imminent. Christ made that very, very clear. This is not just Old Testament talk. Remember the parable of the virgins? The thief in the night. If they knew at what hour he was coming... You wouldn't have been caught sleeping. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Never grow weary. This is something that God wants us to keep watchful. It's not as though we get grace and then we forget destruction. No, destruction is always at the door. Always at your door and at my door. And it gives a sense of urgency and trembling to the power of that blood. Because when he comes, I want to be covered. When he comes, I want those that I know and that I love to be covered. Praise be to God who has given us so much instruction and so much revelation on who he is and what that means for us. Many non-Israelites also left Egypt that day says it very, very pointedly. Those who saw and recognized God, they got together with God's people. And as we live by faith in those promises of God, as God manifests his power in the world and in our lives and as we instruct one another and our children God will bring many others right along with us and he will fulfill his promise and his goal which was there from the very beginning that to the ends of the earth they will praise him and they will live forever and know his name and all will be And so shall it be. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have shown us more than we can comprehend. You have shown us your wonderful, awesome, horrifying deeds and you have shown us your love and your grace. And we do not, we cannot wrap our minds around how you can be one and the same, how we can walk with you and talk with you as a friend and tremble in your presence. God, may it be Send your Holy Spirit to work your word deep in our hearts that we may receive your instruction and your discipline so that we may live, so that we may forever be spreading the blood over our lives and over the homes of our families so that they too may live and know you, the God of life, Love and grace. We praise you that you sent those horrors on your son and not us. It's in his name and with joy and confidence in his coming again that we pray all these things. Amen.